This is a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. Go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Well, put us in, coach. We're ready to play here on the Sporting Record at uh, 8.55, 3CR, 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy, and uh, it's Radical Radio. I think I said all those things. Yes, you did. Uh, I'm here with James. James is on the buttons and dials. I'm going to keep him pretty busy, though, so you might not hear his voice all that much. How you going, everybody? We've got lots to do. We've got a phone interview uh, about halfway through. We've got a song to play that was uh, sent to us as an MP3 by the person we're speaking to. We've got a, a vinyl record to play, so I'll be keeping him pretty busy. Em's not here. She's, uh, she's an absentee today, so um, you'll just have to put up with my voice and uh, my opinions. <laughs> Before we get started, we'd just like to acknowledge the Wurundjeri Woiwurrung people of the Kulin Nation who are the traditional custodians of the land on which we broadcast today, and we'd like to extend our respects to elders past and present. We'd also like to acknowledge the tremendous contribution that's First Nations athletes have made to this country's sporting life. Yes, so Western Bulldogs fans, uh, keep listening because we've got something that's uh, of relevance to you, and all footy fans for that matter, and all fans of uh, AFLW footy. But it's a musical guest that we're getting at halfway point, Mish for for Nito, and who will get on the line shortly, and. Um, She's uh, responsible, well, you'll hear it in a minute, but she's responsible for the uh, the Western Bulldogs AFLW, yeah, AFLW uh, team anthem, which is different to the other one you hear. So we'll get to that, uh, we'll get to that shortly. I'm a bit cock-a-hoop today, James. Why is that? Because something I've been banging on about for years, and you know it because... You've been earbashed about this, is uh, regarding the tennis. So we've just uh, endured the Australian Open, went for a long time, and a lot of the matches went for a long time. Um, in the past, some of the men's matches have gone, you know, for five hours and have finished at, you know, four in the morning, which is crazy. So the people in charge uh, are aware of this, and they've, they've tried to take some steps to uh, make it more interesting and make it less tedious and, and less long. Um, and the things they've done have made a slight difference, but not enough, I don't think. Not enough. And they've acknowledged that. They said, look, we need to really look at some more radical ideas. And when it comes to radical ideas, James, I'm your man. You've got a few? Uh, I've got a few. But the, the obvious one, and they actually mentioned it this week. They said, look, we're going to have to really have a think about let's. So in the game of tennis, uh, if the ball clips the net... Uh, on a serve, they stop, and the guy gets to serve it again. It's called a let. 
Um, unless, of course, the ball clips the net and actually goes out as a fault, they consider that a fault. But uh, if, it's a, if it clips the net and it's a legal serve still, they stop. They, they don't let it go. They make him serve it again. Which doesn't seem like much, but over the course of a match that might happen, I don't know, 10, 20 times, uh, which is wasted time. And over a, a tournament, you know, it can happen hundreds of times. And uh, it's making the matches go longer and longer. Easy thing to fix. I've been saying it all along. Get rid of the let. Doesn't matter. In general play, if the ball clips the top of the net and uh, either falls on one side or the other side, uh, it, it's just the, the, the point. And sometimes it works for you. Sometimes it works against you. So that's just the, the nature of the game. Should be the same with a serve. Some serves, if they clip the top of the net as a let, uh, make it easier to return. Sometimes it might make it more difficult to return. It's just the luck of the draw. So there you go. I've been saying it for years. They could call it the uh, the John A. Tate rule if they like. I don't mind. I'm open to that. But um, there's a few other things they could do too. But we'll let that go for another time. Would that be enough, do you think? No, no, but it's a start. Yeah, no, there's a lot of things they can do. Um, I'll, I'll fall back to my experiences in squash. Squash used to have two serves, uh, which is a bit silly in our game because uh, the serve in squash isn't going to win you many points, just gets the rally started. So in the old days, uh, you'd serve it. If it was a fault, the uh, the receiver could either elect to play the play it, you know, maybe it was a bad serve, you might want to play it, and the rally's on. Or he can yell out fault, and the server has to serve it again for his second second serve. Um, I used to take advantage of that. I'd do these crazy first serves that were obviously faults, and uh, hoping to take my opponent by surprise. And sometimes they'd they'd sort of get such a shock they'd play it and and, and miss it, you know, make a hit the tin or something, just because it was such a, a crazy thing. So um, anyway, they took that advantage away from me and went back to just having one serve. So if it's a fault, you lose the point. If it's not, it's game on. So uh, they could do that in tennis. They could just take it back to one serve. That would be a pretty radical change. That would be a big change. But God, it would speed things up, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. They could do what we used to do in squash. So uh, the, the um, if, if there's a fault served... Um, the receiver could elect to play it. They probably wouldn't, though, would they? It'd uh, be too hard. That'd be a bit too hard to yeah, enforce. I know. I know. Anyway, so that's how it used to be in squash. And uh, But, you know, my sport, they, they weren't scared to change the rules if they thought it was a bit silly or if it was wasting time. You know, we, we've changed the scoring system. We've changed all sorts of things. So that's it. That's tennis. Uh, I wanted to mention that uh, Australia have got through in the Asia Cup to the, uh, what is it now, quarterfinals. Yep. And uh, I wasn't sure if we're going to be playing South Korea or Saudi Arabia, who are both pretty good teams, as it turned out, because South Korea and Saudi Arabia were equal at full time and they played extra time, they were still equal, and uh, it was run on a penalty, penalty shootout by South Korea. I'm a bit scared of South Korea. They're very good. And they have my their captain is my favourite player from Tottenham Hotspur, Hu Min Son. Son Hu Min. Son Hu Min, I should say, yeah. His surname's Son. 
So uh, I don't know how we're going to go. It's 2 a.m. in the morning. I think it's Sunday morning, isn't it? I can't remember now. But we do get a bit of an advantage because uh, we've had a four-day rest and the Koreans will only get a couple of days break after that very long match. And that's for the men's national soccer team. Yes, that's right. The Socceroos playing in the Asia Cup over there in uh, Doha or somewhere. And um, they're hoping to win it, but I'm really not confident that they're playing well enough. They're playing well enough to beat the teams ranked below us, but now it's on. We're playing South Korea, and, uh, well, we'll just see. Hopefully they'll do well. Uh, We haven't got a team of stars. We've got a team of solid players. So if they all pull together and do well, we've got a chance. That's that. Now, I had another big story. I'll introduce it. Uh, before we have a break and give Mish a call, um, because it's about the um, the uh, the gridiron. What do they call it? The Super Bowl, which is coming up. The Super Bowl on the eleventh of February in Nevada. Uh, it'll be sometime in the morning for us, I think, from memory. I can't remember what time. Uh, seven Channel Seven, the Seven Network have got it, so we'll see it on telly uh, and Seven Mate and all those other sevens. And uh, at half time, Usher's playing. Is that how you pronounce his name? Usher. Usher. That's right. He's playing, and they'll they'll have the whole thing. But there was a fantastic article today. It's originally from the New York Times, but the Age uh, the Age uh, repeated it today, and it's worth a look. I could read the whole thing, and it's just fantastic. Um, But the heading is "Why Swift Drives Trump Fans Bonkers." Uh, it doesn't sound like it's about the Super Bowl, does it? But it is. Uh, with Swift, they're talking about Taylor Swift and her relationship to the Super Bowl. She's not performing, but uh, her partner in life is a player from the Kansas City Chiefs who are playing San Francisco 49ers, by the way. And uh, since she's been a big fan of Kansas City, uh, their membership has gone through the roof. Skyrocket. <laughs> And the uh, interest in their games, the TV viewing, all because probably Taylor might turn up and be on the tally for a few seconds, you know, as a, as a supporter. Her partner, his name is Travis Kelsey. Very good player, one of the best, very highly paid. He's six foot five, hundred and thirteen kg, so he's a big, big unit. And his role is. <laughs> is officially known as tight end. Have you heard that before? Tight end. Tight no. end. Uh, not tight ass. Uh, he's a tight end. And um, so that's his, that's his official role in the team. Uh, obviously, I had to look it up. And the, the tight end, he's kind of, he's a, he's a blocker and he's a receiver. He's on the offensive unit, you know, how or the... the, the the um, attacking players all come on at once and then they go off and all the defensive players come on, right? Yeah. So he's in the in the offensive unit and he does a bit of both. That's to do with his size, 6'5", 113K. He's not one of the huge units, but he's also pretty quick and pretty talented. So he can block. He's big enough to block and be tough, but he's also quick enough and his ball skills are good enough to catch the ball if, if, if he turns into a receiver. So he's that handy... Handy half and half kind of player, and his tight end. He's on the end of the line. You know how they line up in a straight line, right? So he's down one end. So that's why he's a tight end. Not quite sure why it's tight, but that's what they call it. Anyway, 
So that's as far as I go, I think, today. We'll give it more time, more air time next week, hey? Yep. And um, and uh, hopefully Em can join in in that conversation. <laughs> but there's a whole thing about uh, um, Taylor Swift's involvement in it, uh, unofficially, of course, and uh, and the the Donald Trump supporters see conspiracies everywhere regarding this. So that's all. I'll leave it at that for now as a bit of a tempter. If you uh, get the age or go look it up, it's a great article, originally from the New York Times, called Why Swift Drives Trump Fans Bonkers. Nice merger of sport and politics. We should take a break and give our guest a call. And uh, we might also, after a few announcements and, and things, um, play a, a, a very short song to introduce our topic for today. What do you reckon? You might have heard about the Community Radio Plus app, but it's only when you start using it that you'll wonder how you lived without it. You can listen to us wherever you are, at home, work, driving, on public transport, gardening, protesting, or even in the bath. Just search Community Radio Plus wherever you get your apps. No more whispering in our arms. Gonna rise up to break these chains and stop these killing games. Indigenous Social Justice Association Melbourne invites you to join us on Saturday the 17th of February at midday at the State Library, Swanston Street, Melbourne to mark the 20th anniversary of the death in custody of Redfern teenager TJ Hickey. Honour the memory of TJ and the many deaths in custody families that now number more than 555 since the 1991 Royal Commission into Aboriginal Deaths in Custody. No one to date has been held responsible for these deaths. We demand end the practice of police investigating police and immediate implementation of all 339 recommendations of the Royal Commission into Aboriginal Deaths in Custody. Come along Saturday 17th of February, midday, at the State Library. Ischia Melbourne is a 3CR supporter. Wildlife Victoria is a non-profit wildlife emergency response service dedicated to helping wildlife in need across Victoria. Our volunteers rescue and rehabilitate sick, injured and orphaned wildlife. If you see wildlife that may need our help, on the road, in your backyard or in the bush, please contact us immediately on 84007300. That's 84007300. To donate or to become a volunteer, visit wildlifevictoria.org.au. A 3CR supporter.
Okay, so that's the, you've heard some of these before on this program. That's the Talent City version of the Western Bulldogs theme, or in those days they were called Footscray. So it was the Footscray theme from way back that would have been recorded around about 1960, give or take a year or two. And I played it because uh, we've got uh, Mish Fornito on the line. Are you there, Mish? I am. How are you? Terrific. Great to hear your voice. Oh, thanks so much, my talking voice. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, well, a little bit later, we might hear a bit of your singing voice because uh, yeah, sure. you sent us that MP3. I've been listening yeah. to it off um, off off, off uh, old YouTube, but it's good to get yeah. an MP3 of it so I can play it properly. For sure. And for the sure. station are much happier with me doing that. Oh, that's great. Awesome. <laughs> now, listen, I just played the Footscray theme, the original version. So I'll read the I words. I'd like to hear, actually. I'm going to ask you a bit about you later, too, but uh, mm-hmm. we'll yeah. be wise to get on to this. Um, the words were Sons of the Scray, red, white, and blue. We will come up smiling whether we win or lose. Yep. <laughs> Others build their teams, my lads, but, uh, but think they know the game. But you can't beat the boys of the bulldog breed. That made old Footscray's name. Now, no. uh, it's, it's not a great theme song of those days. <laughs> I suppose it was stirring because it's done to yeah. a sort of a sea shanty kind of a thing, isn't it? Um, yeah. But uh, it's very gendered and uh, it's not very ferocious, really, is it? You know, we'll come up smiling whether we win or lose. Yeah. And poor like old Footscray, yeah. they, they did lose a lot at uh, various stages of their time. Maybe that was their, like, defence. It's like, that's okay, we're happy either way, we're playing, you know? <laughs> now, when they changed to uh, Western Bulldogs, they, yeah. they did adapt the, the, the theme a bit, uh, became Sons of the West, red, white and blue. We mm-hmm. come out snarling Bulldogs through and through. So that's yep. a bit meaner. Uh, Bulldogs bite and Bulldogs roar. We give our very best. You can't beat the boys of the Bulldog breed. We're the team of the... Mighty West. Mighty West, yeah. So they improved it a bit. But, yeah. um, of course, the, the recent uh, advent of the AFLW meant that that theme really didn't cut it. Yeah, I think it was mainly like the Bulldogs that, with all the theme songs, that was the most gender-specific one. My team was a little bit, uh, Essendon Bombers. Um, uh, we had one line that we needed to change. And I was yeah. really pleased that they actually recorded a whole new vocal um, with, with a female choir uh, and just adapted the words a little bit. So that was yeah. good. But the Bulldogs That's had to nice. go a bit further. Well, so, yeah, I'm not sure of the timeline of how it all happened. Mm. So basically um, I sing for a few events for the Bulldogs and still do. And at that time, so the... The girls had ran out, and I'm not sure what they ran out to, but it was kind of all happened, like, really quickly. Um, the event guy called me. He's like, oh, we need we need to change this. Like, we need to fix this ASAP. And so, yeah, within a day or two, I was, like, in the studio with Peter, Sub- Peter Sullivan, which I believe possibly recorded, like, the Sons of the West as well, I think. Mm, maybe. Yeah, and um, obviously, yeah, they gave me the lyrics to sing, changing all the, you know, sons to daughters and girls from boys. And that had to get approved by the AFL, which luckily it did. Yeah. And they used that straight away. It was really nice to hear, 
you know, one year they won and it was like playing over and over, which was on Channel 7 and everything. So my mum my was actually really excited <laughs> to hear that on the TV and she was calling me and filming it and everything. But um, I did actually receive an email um, a couple of years ago from the events guy that had originally got me to do it and he said that the AFL re-recorded all the AFLW team songs so they were all similar and so I actually can't find that version. And even on the club, like the Bulldogs Club website, they've still got my version. So I'm not sure mm. like, what actually has happened there. Well, I've only heard two changes. As I said, the Essendon one and your one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All the others, when I watch a match, they seem to be playing the uh, the old Fable version that the, they play in the men's games too. Yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting. So I'm um, a bit... Uh, I'm a bit compulsed about all this. I, I love all the fair theme songs, and I've taken it on myself to look into the history of them all, and uh, yeah. and uh, that's what got me going, just those two AFLW ones. Yeah, and so you said that they used a the choir for the Essendon. Yeah, yeah, so it's a female yeah, choir. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's yeah. exactly the same backing track, same... Uh, yeah, yeah, we use the same backing track as well. Yeah, uh, and so the same arrangement, everything's the same, it's just they changed one word, but I'm pleased that they gave it a female voice, which is much better. Yeah, I was actually so, like, so happy and, like, felt quite privileged that I got to be, you know, I'm not sure when, if they did... Do you know if the Essendon one did it before or after the Bulldogs? I don't know, and I've been trying to find out and no-one can tell me. Yeah, I should... I might, yeah, have a look into that as well. Yeah, see if you can find I out. Actually, let me know. Yeah, I wasn't sure, actually, yeah, because I felt, obviously, like, I wasn't sure about the Essendon one, but I felt really um, privileged that I got to be one of the first female vocals on a, an official AFL song, you know? And it's a solo vocal. Yeah. Most of them are choruses, air. aren't they? But yours yeah. is a, a big, big, yeah. <laughs> and you've got a big voice, so it's a big Thank solo. You. Yeah, and um, it actually, yeah, it, sound, it, it sounded really modern and loud, you know, yeah. um, and forward, like when they'd play it on the huge speakers when the girls would run out, and I did hear some feedback that they just felt really empowered and loved <laughs> that, you know? Well, that's the, whole, know, that's the whole idea yeah. of it, isn't it? Yeah, so, uh, and I think they like, that I didn't have like the girliest voice either, just like a bit, bit more gritty kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. yeah, that's one of the feedback things that they were happy with. So, have you been to games where it's been played? I actually haven't. I've been to because I do all my gigs mainly at the the men's games. Yeah. I want so, to know um, if the crowd sing along with you. You know what? I should really go to a game this year. And what? Yeah, when it. We need them to win because otherwise yeah. they won't play it. Except at the start, I suppose. So they only play it when they win. When they win, hey. Oh, yeah. often they'll, they'll play it when uh, the team runs out at the start of the game, yeah. usually. But then, if you win, you get to play it at the end as well, over and yeah, over and over. So, <laughs> yeah, I actually, yeah. Well, since you um, did get in touch, I have emailed the Bulldogs to see how you know if since that last email I received, if they are still using it or not, and I'm still waiting to hear back. Yeah, not, yeah. I hope so. Because I, once you did bring it up as well, I was like. There was a couple other instances where I tried to find it on, you know, Apple Music and Spotify because Sons of the West is on there. Yeah, I couldn't find and it. it. Yeah, and <clears> so, <throat> I, you know, if I'm allowed to, I, I actually wanted to put it up as well on those platforms for people to hear because it's, you know, it is, I guess, you know, 
a moment in history where that did happen, you know? Mm. So. so it'll never go away in that sense. It's always going to be there. Yeah. But uh, whether it gets superseded or not is another matter, isn't it? Out of your control, I suppose. Absolutely, yeah. So I don't get um, royalties or anything no, like that. No, you don't that. own it. I just, yeah, so I get, you know, just get a, a fee to, you know, for my vocal to sing it. And then just a session that, singer, you know. Yeah, just a session there. <laughs> but so, I see yeah. you do a lot of that sort of stuff. Uh, yeah. singing at sporting appearances. I, I see on your website, Melbourne Cup, Mooney Valley Races, Grand yeah, Prix. Yeah, so done, done a lot over the years, yep, yep. AFL events, of course. Yes. You sang yes. at the, uh, the Bulldogs 2016 after party and family day. Yeah, that was amazing, oh. yeah. That was all around that, that, I think it was, yeah, then what was that, and then following that was the recording of Daughters of the West. But, ah. um, yeah, I've, been singing professionally now for like 15 years and so yeah I have um, gotten you know lots of great opportunities to sing at some cool events. Are you a, uh, a national anthem specialist or do they get you to sing other things as well? I, I did sing a couple of the like Australian national anthem at the racing events and stuff but um, my session work lately has been more just um, like for ad campaigns and, like, a few little things like that um, and some backing vocals for some, you know, solo projects and things. So, so yeah. So you've got, uh, when you do, when you're working around uh, Melbourne, is it as, mm-hmm. as uh, with a full band or are you sort of a, a, a singer-guitarist kind of gal? I wish I, wish I could play. I started <laughs> singing, like, a bit later. I didn't... Um, you know, I can play at home, but not um, properly in public. But, um, yeah, so normally I do lots of duo gigs with a guitarist and then, yeah, I do lots of band work as well for, like, bigger corporate events, a few weddings here and there. And um, lately I've been playing, like, as a duo or trio at Graysland, you know, in Spotswood. No, uh, well, western suburbs, but um, You'll have to a check bit more out, west yeah. than I get to. Oh, yeah, well, it's awesome. It's just just, just over the Westgate Bridge, right. and it's, they've turned this big area, I don't know what was there before, into all um, food containers. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. All yeah. the containers, sorry, into, like, food trucks. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yes, they have live music there all the time as well. So um, I do a little bit there, a little bit at Crown sometimes, and, yeah, and then just lots of functions and well last year actually I got to sing at the um, Melbourne, the AFL at the Melbourne Their Best and Fairest, I got to do that one so that Excellent. was nice. Excellent. Yeah so we shall see what, what this year brings. I'm actually going to Tasmania this Saturday for an event so... Um, you might push Greg Champion out of some of his gigs <laughs> he tends to do a lot of those ones. Oh really? Yeah yeah yeah. So did yeah, you grow up I mean, in Melbourne? Like, did you grow up in the western suburbs and following... I did. Sport and, and footy? Um, well, I, I grew up in the West, in Altona, actually, born and raised. Um, and I didn't follow, like, a lot of sport, Like my, but my brother pay, played footy. And it was football was the main sport that was all around, you know, at home on the TV and stuff. Um, but, yeah, I played a bit of netball, and my, and my son, actually, he's eight, and he loves soccer. He thinks he's um, oh, okay. going to be the next Ronaldo. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, um, yeah, so, yeah, not too crazy into sport, but I, I guess having, you know, been able to sing so much for the 
sporting companies now, it has made me a lot more interested yeah. in it, I must say. Yeah. <laughs> you get a good seat in the house too for some of these events. Oh, we do, yeah. So a lot of, we do a lot, I do a lot of the pre-game stuff. So it's, you know, when they have dinners yep. Yep. beforehand, two hours before. So we sing and play all through that. Sometimes we play at halftime, but it's great. You know, we also, we get fed, we get to play, and we get to meet some really, yes. know, some, some great people at, in those events sometimes as well, um, you know, depending on what team they go for, then there's, you know, some famous people in the room sometimes, which is cool to meet different people. And, um, yeah, and then we get to, yeah, we do get seats if we want to watch the game as well. Well, I'm glad I got to talk to you, and I'm glad you explained to us that side of things, which uh, which we never see. We're sitting here in a recording studio, so uh, yeah. it's great to to hear about that. And I'm really pleased with your contribution to the whole music side of the uh, AFLW. It's been great. Thank you so much. Yeah, so, if any of our listeners see your yeah. name on a billboard somewhere, they should pop in and have a listen. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Thank you so much. We're going to go out with with your version of Daughters of the West. Awesome. Thank you, Mish. Thank you so much. Talk to you soon. Daughters of the West Red, white and blue We come out now Blue 